What's up, everybody? Before we dive into today's episode, I have a quick thing I want to share with you. I think I mentioned it later in this episode, but I have started working with the Keto Road True Nutrition Coaching as a one-on-one holistic ketogenic nutrition coach. I can work with you to help put together your macros, how you should be eating, work with you on mindset, action planning. The program includes coaching calls, daily check-ins, and exclusive access. So if this is something you're interested in, go check it out at theketoroad.com. And now, on to the show. Hey there, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Fat Guy Forum. This is your host, Gormy, and I'm glad to have you with us recording, listening tonight or today or whenever you're listening to this. It's time to bring you yet another dude's amazing story. And this guy is someone who I actually found on Instagram recently, and I think I was following his account, but then just saw some recent posts that that struck a chord. So I reached out and he said, sure, I'll come on. So I am excited to introduce you tonight to Luke Ross. Luke, how are you doing? Doing great. How are you doing tonight? I'm doing pretty good, man. I'm doing pretty good. I I, I probably could complain, but I won't. Uh, <laughs> so, you know, I don't I won't take take up everyone's time with that. But I, I'm just excited for us to dig in and get started, man. So let's yeah, for sure. Let's do that first question that I throw at everyone. What qualifies you to be on the fat guy forum? Oh, man, I've uh, I've been qualified probably since I was about five or six years old, to be honest. <laughs> uh, grew up in a small little town south of Kansas City, Kansas. No one's ever heard of called New Lancaster. And uh, just, you know, a good old country kid doing country kid stuff. And um probably about, like I said, about the time I was five or six, like that's when from talking to my folks, like that's when they started noticing that I was kind of heavier than most kids, you know? Um, and then like, he wasn't a really big deal, you know, he's just a little husky. And then, um, just kind of seemed like the weight kept coming on and the weight kept coming on. And, you know, by the time we got to like fifth or sixth grade, you know, so I don't know what that is, like nine, 10 years old, something like that. 11. Um, you know, I was much, much larger than like the next biggest kid in the class, you know? And, uh, then like at our school, the school I went to was a small little country school and middle school didn't start until seventh grade. And like, that's when you got all the sports and stuff. So going into seventh grade, I wanted to play football. Well, you got to go get a physical and everything. And I remember when I dressed out for seventh grade football, I was almost six feet tall, which is nice. But then I was also almost 300 pounds already. Um, like I was so big. In fact, they actually put me in, had to use high school kids pads, like shoulder pads, helmets, um, and pants. So like my uniform actually didn't really match the rest of my football team. Like you can see it in all the photos and stuff that I have, uh, my parents have from that time. So here I was this like, you know, high school sized kid playing football with all these other middle schoolers. It was pretty interesting. Um, did football for one year. Wasn't really my thing. I was more into like band. I did marching band and stuff like that in high school and in college a little bit. Um, so, I mean, I didn't really have a whole lot of activity other than like, you know, farm work. I threw hay and worked cattle and stuff like that. I was outside a lot, but it just seemed like no matter what we did, the weight just kept coming on. Um, have a few theories about that. Like, uh, down here we have, I don't know if you guys have it out there. We have poison Ivy. Um, 
and I am like insanely allergic to poison ivy. It gives you the super itchy rash. It's the worst thing on the planet. And the way that they treat it is with a steroid called prednisone. And my dad swears, and he, I think he will until he goes to his grave, that by me taking that prednisone like two or three times a year, that that really exacerbated my weight gain. Because he said the first time they gave it to me was like about when I was four or five years old. And then I had to take it like two or three times a year because uh, of the poison ivy. Because I'd get into it. I'd get it off the dogs. We cut and burned wood. I'd get it off the wood. I've gotten it from smoke, like inhalation and stuff like that. I've been in the hospital with it. Like it's pretty bad. So I was always on this steroid three or four times a year. And we think that's what caused it to probably get as bad as it was when I was so little. Um, but like going into high school, like I remember like I was just so much larger than everyone else. Like, you know, we had the kids, my friends on the wrestling team that were heavyweights, you know, at 265 and I was a hundred pounds plus heavier than they were, you know? Um, and I remember the most, the biggest weight that stands out to me in my mind was when I got poison ivy from smoke inhalation. It was actually like in my bloodstream and I was hospitalized for like three days. And they put you this bed in this hospital that I was on. It actually weighed you like the bed weighed you. And I remember it said that I was 475 pounds. And that was from my, that was going into my senior year of high school. Um, and so like, I just, that number really stand. I just remember that very vividly, that weight. Um, so I got through senior year, which I had a job and my own vehicle. So like, you know, it didn't help that I was able to stop at like the local gas station and get, you know, a donut on the way to school. And then I had breakfast when I got to school and, you know, I'd buy extra milks and stuff and pop and crap like that all the time. So my diet was, wasn't the best, but at the same time, like I didn't necessarily think it was like the worst either. You know, I knew there was kids that ate just as much as me, but knowing what I know now, it's just all genetics and the different roles that, you know, your body uses calories different ways. So, um, graduated high school in 2006 and, uh, immediately moved down to, uh, Pittsburgh, Kansas, which is where I went to college. My brother, he was three years older than me. He was down there, um, already in school and he needed a roommate and I could live off campus because he was my brother. So I immediately moved in with him and that definitely didn't help like the eating situation. Cause I went from eating meals that my mom cooked, you know, to just my brother and I eating whatever we wanted to eat, you know, so it wasn't uncommon for me to have a humongous bowl of cereal, which would be like half a box, you know, for breakfast. And then lunch would be fast food or pizza, you know, and then dinner was typically fast food or pizza. Um, like I'm pretty sure we kept Papa John's in business, but what was always mind boggling, especially in college was my brother and I ate the same food. And we ate about the same amount of food, but he was at least 200 at, at, at minimum. He was 200 pounds smaller than me. I mean, probably towards the end of things, he was 300 pounds smaller than me. Um, and I just, that was one thing that always stood out in my mind. It's like, we eat the exact same food. I've seen him do it, but like, he just didn't put the weight on. Um, now we are half brothers. Like we have different dads. So genetically we do have, you know, some different genetics in play there. Um, which probably plays the biggest role in 
why that the weight difference was so much, but he was definitely never ever as it still isn't as big of a guy as I am. Um, but yeah, I mean, it wasn't anything for us to order two large pizzas from Papa John's, you know, meat lovers, thick crust, and we both would eat a pizza for dinner, you know, or for lunch for that matter. Um, you know, did the normal college thing partying, uh, you know, drinking, drink a choice back in college was like whiskey and Cokes. Um, you know, and we'd start, we had a big group of friends and hung out on Thursday nights and we had a big party and then it was Thursday night, Friday night, Saturday night, you know, every week, um, drinking, drinking all the time and having good fun and stuff. And like all the people that I hung out with, like I still hang out with a lot of them and they were all very healthy and active and, um, college is when I kind of like my wheels started spinning in my mind. Like this isn't normal. Like I need to do something, you know, but I never could really commit to it. Um, I'd lift weights just kind of at the rec center or whatever with a friend. And, you know, we'd go work out four or five days a week, but then, you know, after I'd get done working out and lifting weights for an hour and a half, I'd stop at McDonald's on the way home and get food, you know, and it wasn't like a grilled chicken salad from McDonald's. My typical order I can remember was usually at, at this time was like three McChickens, two McDoubles and like a large French fry was like my go-to order of food. Um, you know, and I'd smash all that after a workout and then three or four hours later, I'd be hungry again, you know, and it was whatever I could find, um, hamburger helper or whatever us poor college kids could afford. <laughs> so it was just a lot of, I didn't really know any better. You know, I can remember as a kid, the doctor's always telling us my mom, like, you know, he needs to lose weight, but they never really gave her like any solutions. And, you know, back in the nineties, which is when I was a kid, you know, nutrition there, I didn't feel like there was the same amount of information as we have now about nutrition. Like people didn't understand macros and, you know, you didn't, you couldn't go on the internet and learn about how your body processes carbs and fats and proteins and all this stuff. And there's different metabolism types and all this nonsense that I know now. Um, they just kept telling me that I need to lose weight. And it's like, well, you know, how, cause their solution was just eat less. Well, it's like, that's not necessarily the right solution. And like, the way that my parents looked at it is it's like we have two kids and they're both eating the same food. One of them's just gaining weight more than the other one, you know, and they didn't really understand. So, um, but yeah, so I, I finally graduated college in 2010, um, and kind of hung out in that pit in Pittsburgh for another year. But at the time I was, um, I started dating this girl and then in, May of 2011, her and I got engaged. Um, and that is when like my mind chef, my mindset really started to shift. And, you know, I, I really started thinking about like long-term stuff and I never really thought about like my future that much. You know, I was more of like in the moment, um, or like getting by till rent the next week or something. So, um, she, you know, I started thinking about like, okay, like I'm, you know, going to make this commitment and like have a future with this person. I was like, I have to, I kind of have to do something. And like, I, I really just honestly, one day I remember I was just sitting in my house and I was like, I'm going to die. But before I'm like the, you know, I was, I would have been, how old would I have been? 22. Yeah. I would have been like 22 at the time. And it's like, I'm not going to like, I'm not going to make it to 30. Like that's the conversation that I had with myself. 
And I remember it happened after I'd went to the doctor's office and I had weighed like, it was like 500 and like 90 pounds is how much I had weighed at the doctor's office that day. That, and then that's when it kind of hit me like, this is not good. You know, I was wearing a size 60 in jeans and I wore my jeans like under my gut. If that makes like, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't wear my jeans around my belly button, you know? So who knows what my actual like waist size was, you know, probably 70, I, I don't know, you know, 65, 70, something like that. Um, and I just like, out of nowhere, I just had this thought of like my own mortality and it's like, it's coming, you know? And I started thinking like, wow, this is really selfish is, is kind of the mindset that I got into. It's like, I'm being very selfish of not doing something. And a few days after I had this kind of like come to Jesus moment in my head and the, all these thoughts started coming on, uh, a friend of mine that had moved back to Kansas City from um, college, I saw a picture of him. I hadn't seen him in a couple of years and I saw a picture of him on Facebook. And I mean, he looked like a toothpick. And I'm like, whoa, you know, what did this guy do? So I, I reached out to him and I'm like, hey, man, like, you look really awesome. Like, what have you been doing? You know, and he was like, oh, I, I went and had a gastric sleeve done. And I was like, I, I didn't even heard of that, you know, at that point. So I was getting information from him about what that was and what it entailed and stuff and um, kind of started researching it and pretty invasive process. I mean, like they go in and cut out part of your stomach, you know, and you basically just don't have a stomach. And. Um, I'm like, you know, maybe this is the solution. You know, I've tried I, in my mind. I'm like, I've tried exercising before and I never lost weight. It's like, well, it's cause I didn't really try, you know? Um, uh, but I'm like, maybe this is the solution. So I decided to, I was going to see my parents and I was still on their insurance. Um, and cause I had just graduated. So, you know, I talked to my mom and my dad about it and, um, uh, they were going to check in to see if it was going to be covered under the insurance. And it wasn't of course, cause it's considered an elective surgery. So this procedure was going to be like, I think at the time it was like $16,000 is what it is, what it cost. And I mean, like absolutely we were not anywhere close to that financial position, you know? Um, and so I remember very distinct. I don't remember the date, but I remember very distinctly. It was an, it was night, and at my parents' house, they have like a, a circle driveway. So you pull in, it circles around this tree, and then goes back out the same way. And we have a picnic table under that tree, and that's where we always just sit around and visit and drink, you know, drink beer or whatever. And we, my dad and I, were just sitting there having a beer, talking. And he asked me, he's like, "Have you ever actually like?" 100% tried to lose weight. And I I always appreciate, I, I have the best parents and my dad never pulls his punches. Like he's never rude, but like he tells you how it is, you know? And when he asked me that question, I was just like, no, like I haven't, I haven't even close to giving it my all, you know? Um, and he was like, tell you what, buddy. He's like, let's figure out a way for you to try it. You know, let's, if you, we need to get you a trainer or hire somebody, whatever, you know, let's, let's try it. And if it just won't happen, 
he's like, we'll, we'll figure out the money thing for the surgery. And I'm like, okay, I mean, I can do that. So, you know, I've never been afraid of hard work. You know, I grew up working hard, so that it didn't really scare me to hard work. I just didn't know where to start, you know? And I worked at a grocery store at the time and there was this kid there, a friend of mine, and he had lost quite a bit of weight doing P90X is what he did. And then he had just started like lifting weights and he was always talking about it. And I had lifted weights in high school. We had a weight class and I enjoyed it. So I started talking to him more and more and it kind of began by just asking him questions, you know, um, what do you think about this? Or like, what would you do here? And he kind of gave me some basic nutritional advice, you know, and don't eat this stuff, try to eat this stuff, you know? And then he invited me to work out with him and we started training. And so this would have been like October of like 2011, I think is when I started kind of really actually giving it a try. And I worked out for like four weeks. And I remember I told myself I wasn't going to weigh myself um, for like four weeks. And at the end of that four weeks, I went back to the doctor's office because that was the only place that I knew of that had a scale big enough to weigh me was this doctor's office down there. Um, and when I went back to the doctor's office, I had lost 17 pounds in that four weeks. And that was the first time in the 22 years of my life that I had ever weighed less at a doctor's appointment than I had the time before ever. And so I remember leaving that doctor's office and I was just like, I can do this. Like this four weeks was not that difficult. I can like, I can 100% do this, you know? Because I had made minimal changes. Just I, I what I realized the biggest thing was is that it wasn't so much the food's choices at the time. It wasn't really my food choices. It was the quantity of food. Because I'm a I'm a really fast eater. Um, and I can't break myself of that habit. I still eat really fast to this day. But I, you know, so back then I would just eat until I was full. Well, I could eat two large pizzas before I got full because I could eat it so fast. But then I was stuffed, you know, then I was stuffed. So, you know, I just kind of learned more portion control back then. It wasn't so much eating specific types of foods. So, you know, I found success. I, I saw that weight loss. That really fired me up. I remember calling like six people that like immediately after the doc, like I called my mom, then I called my dad, like I was texting my friends, like, oh my gosh, like this worked, I lost 17 pounds. I was, I mean, I was, I'd never felt like that level of success before ever. Um, and so like from there, it just, it, it just spread like wildfire. I mean, I was obsessed, you know, I started watching YouTube videos and reading articles online and my friend John and I, we just started working out harder and harder and like, you know, having a, someone to do it with really made a difference. And he kind of understood the struggle of being overweight. He wasn't ever as big as I was, but he was still overweight, you know, for his build. And like having someone that I could kind of relate to and was in the struggle with me really helped, I think, because all my other friends, while they were great resources for health and fitness, um, and they still are to this day, none of them ever really dealt with obesity. You know, they were always slimmer, fitter people, um, never really had to deal with my struggles. So it was nice to have somebody that kind of been in my shoes to guide me. Um, did that for like 
three months from like October to January, I guess is when it was. Um, and I lost probably 55 pounds, 60 pounds in that time frame. Um, I didn't, unfortunately, I didn't take a lot of like notes back then. I didn't take any progress photos because like that stuff scared me. You know, I didn't want to take a picture of myself with my shirt off at 600 pounds um, or anything like that. So I don't really have a lot of information to go back and look at to be at, real accurate. But I remember I'd lost like 50 to 60 pounds from like October to January. And in January of 2012, I moved up to closer to Kansas City um, within like 30 minutes because I got a job, you know, like actual career job um, with insurance, with farmer's insurance is who I was working for and completely different schedule. You know, I had a 45 minute drive to work. I was working eight to five, you know, not just whatever shifts I could get at the store. Um didn't really have a good gym like I did in Pittsburgh, didn't have a workout buddy and like completely and utterly lost like all motivation. Um, you know, sitting in an office versus walking around a store all day. Like I just didn't want to deal with it. Um, so, you know, from January of 2012 to when I finally started again, I don't know what it is about October, but October is always the month. It seems like I start these things because I went from January of 12 to October of 13 and basically did nothing, gained back all the weight. Um, but it was weird because when I gained the weight back, like I had lost a lot of weight from like my face. I, re I look at photos of myself back then and I had like a huge, my head was huge. My cheeks were huge. And like, even when I gained that weight back, it just seemed to go to my like midsection. It didn't go into my face, which is just kind of a weird thing that I've noticed. Um, but gained all the weight back. And again, it was just a person that I worked with. Um, her name's Tracy. We were sitting there talking and she had just had a kid and her, it was her second child. And she was doing Weight Watchers, trying to get rid of the weight. And that's how she had lost her baby weight from the first kid. And then she had shared with me that she had been really heavy before. And that's how she lost all the weight then. And she's like, you should really try this. Like, I think you'll like it. It's super easy. The Weight Watchers point system. It's so simple. And I got to thinking about it and I'm like, you know what? You have to pay for it. I think it was like 12 bucks a month, um, which isn't a lot of money, but at the time, like new job, new place, like 12 bucks a month was quite a bit for me to put out there. So it's like, I'm not going to waste this money. So signed up, started doing it and had a lot of success with it. Like, I think that for just a basic person that wants to lose weight, like that's a great, that's a great way to do it. Um, you know, it gives you some motivation because there's a financial aspect to it, but like, it's really easy to understand. And I would say within eight or nine months, I had lost like 80 to 90 pounds. Um, and didn't do any exercise at all. Uh, maybe would go on some walks and stuff like that, but nothing consistent. And so, you know, eight or nine months was down to 400, you know, down in, or down close to the 400, you know, I could see hope 510, 520. Um, and then really started getting that itch to start lifting weights again. Like, cause I really did enjoy that. I liked being strong. I was always a strong person just naturally. I'm a, I'm a big guy. I'm six, two, you know, 
I have wide hips. I have wide shoulders. Like I'm just a strong country kid, you know? And so, um, I started, uh, there was a little gym in the town that I lived in, um, that a friend of mine's uncle owned. And they're like, man, you should join the gym and start lifting weights and stuff. And so I joined the Ottawa Nautilus is what the gym was called. I actually just canceled my membership there about two months ago because I moved. Um, but I started lifting weights. Um, didn't really have, I didn't have like a coach or anything, just kind of stuff I could find on the internet or, you know, YouTube videos and bodybuilding.com was a huge resource back then because everything was free. Um, now it's not, you had to pay for everything now, but it, back then it was all free. So I did like, I've done like every free bodybuilding.com workout that they made, you know, and just slowly, but surely like the weight just kept coming off. And, um, you know, I started to do more research about proper nutrition for weightlifting and, you know, getting enough protein and, um, you know, for like bodybuilding, like bodybuilding.com, like getting enough carbs for, you know, muscle growth and energy and all that stuff. And, um, really from just like 2013 to 2014 thing was going really good. Um, and then towards the end of 2014, you know, I'd probably, I can't remember where I was. I was, you know, I'd went from when I started in October of 13, I was like 600 pounds. And then come like November of 2014, I was probably like, I think I was right at like 500. Like I was really getting ready to cross over into that 400 pound mark, which I was super pumped about. Um, and then ended up um, getting divorced. My uh, wife at the time decided that that wasn't for her. And uh, we split up. And so like from November to January, um, because like she left in November and then we had to wait, you have to wait like 90 days in Kansas before you can get divorced. And then like the holidays and the judge took like this fake or got the judge got like sick or something. So it was like almost February before I think everything was like finalized. Um, and like, that's when I got like super obsessed with it. Like I completely stopped drinking because I knew like, with as like sad as I was about everything. I was like, if I drink, I, I just knew that where it was going to go, it was going to go to a really, really bad place. Cause you know, back in college on a Friday night, Saturday night, it was not uncommon for me to drink what we call the handle of whiskey, which I think is like 1.75 liters. Um, it wasn't uncommon for me to drink one of those in like two nights. Um, maybe even sometimes I'd go through two of those in like a weekend if we really got with it. And so I knew that if I started drinking or if I kept drinking and had all these feelings and depressed and stuff, it's like, this isn't going to be good. So I just completely said, I'm not drinking. And I didn't drink for a year from my divorce for almost a full year. I think it was over a full year before I had a drink. Um, just cause I wanted to make sure it was something I was going to be able to control. And I got super obsessed and just really focused on myself and almost to the point where I was selfish. Like I didn't hang out with people. I didn't go out to bars. Um, you know, if somebody convinced me to go out on a weekend, I was like, Hey, I'll be the DD, you know, and I'll drive like, and I'm only going to stay out a certain amount of time. So like you guys need to figure that out. And I was really selfish. 
Um, and I think for people that have been in that situation or anybody, you know, and anybody that's been in that situation where they are that heavy um, and they're starting to take control of their life and their health, like you have to be selfish about it for a period of time because society doesn't care, you know, and like your friends love you and support you, but like, they're still going to want you to do those normal things that people do. And you just have to be selfish and say, sorry, like, I'm not going to come to your birthday or I'm not going to do this or that because I need to focus on me, you know? And so like we got divorce finalized January of 15. And then the next month, February, my grandpa passed away and he was like the matriarch of the family. So that kind of carried this like huge focus for me because he had always been a huge supporter of me. Um, and like, he never, he never, I can never once remember him making a comment about my weight. He always just wanted to make sure that I was okay. And what I remember when I finally started doing something about it, like he was just such a huge proponent of it or, or, you know, and he was always telling people about it and like talking me up and like, he was always making sure he was telling me he was proud of me. So like, when he passed away from sickness, like it wasn't sudden, we, you know, we saw it coming. Um, like that just kind of helped fuel that fire of like, I'm going to, I'm going to do this for him. And like, I'm going to prove all these people wrong and, you know, kind of like doing it out of spite for my ex-wife and like doing it for him. And, um, that's kind of what carried me through all that time period of my life. Like 2015, I wasn't really doing it for me. I was doing it to show p other people, you know, what they were missing out on or like doing it because there was all these people watching me. And then 2016, um, I got to about the middle or it was the beginning of 2016. I think it was about April. I went to the doctor's office for my, my yearly check-in and I had finally gotten down to like 300 and like 95 pounds. Like I'd broken under 400 and was down to like 395. So I'd lost like 205 pounds. And just was like, I was to that point where I just couldn't do it anymore. Not that I wanted to like give up, but I had, it had been my focus for, you know, over th almost three years at that point is like, all I thought about was losing weight. And I was like, man, I just got to take a break from this. And so I go to the doctor twice a year for a checkup and to get blood work done. And I told myself, all right, I'm going to go the next six months and I'm not going to like track every calorie that I eat and do all this stuff. You know, I'm just going to lift weights like crazy because I, I was getting strong and I was really enjoying that. Um, and I was like, I'm just going to lift weights, be smart about my eating. And in six months, I'm going to weigh myself again for the first time and just see where I'm at. And so that's exactly what I did. I found a really basic powerlifting program um, that's free online. It's called 531 by Jim Wendler. <clears throat> great, great beginner program for someone who wants to get into um, powerlifting type movements and stuff. And uh, just started really nailing that out. Made my first 500 pound deadlift during that time, which was super exciting. Um, all the rest of my list was getting stronger. And then at the end of that six months, I went to my next doctor's appointment and I had gained like 40 pounds back. 
which I, I wasn't upset about because like I knew it was going to happen because I was having pizza once a week. I was going out and getting Mexican once a week with friends. Um, you know, and I was just, I was being smart with all my meals and just trying to be more intuitive with it. And I wasn't, you know, I was definitely wasn't mad. Um, but then, you know, I'd made that promise, like at the end of six months, you're going to start back again. And so I started trying to just get right back on the horse of losing weight. And I struggled with it really bad. I couldn't, like, it didn't seem like no matter what I did, I couldn't get the scale to go down. It actually just kept kind of going up. And I kept taking away calories and taking away calories and eating less and eating less and was trying like intermittent fasting and all these different things. And um, I had just started learning about reverse dieting from some like YouTube channels that I used to follow. And a friend of mine at work um, who she had lost a bunch of weight, but she had a nutrition coach. And it was this guy named Devin Ford out of New York. Um, He's a big CrossFitter. Performa Fuel is his company. Um, and she was like, hey, you should reach out to Devin and, and see if he can help you with, you know, with your, get your nutrition back on track. And I was like, okay. You know, I was kind of hesitant at first. because, like, man, like paying somebody, like she told me how much she paid him. And I was like, man, that's quite a bit of money. You know, for a good nutrition coach, it's, it's pretty expensive. And I'm like, mm, okay, like it, it'd be worth it, I think. So I set up a consultation with him and like right away we got along. He was no nonsense, straight to the point. And he was very just, he was very enthusiastic about what he was doing. Like he really, you could just tell that this was someone who was super passionate about helping other people achieve their goals. And he seemed very excited to work with me because of all the progress that I had made on my own. Um, he could He could tell that I wasn't going to be one of those clients that was he was going to have to make follow the program. So we started working together in like, oh, it was like July of like 16, maybe something like that. I finally started going with him August the 16, something in there. And um, I was over 400 pounds. And the first thing he did, I remember I had been eating like, 2,700 calories a day, you know, 400 pound guy. I mean, 2,700 calories a day, lifting weights heavy, like four or five days a week. You know, I'm thinking I'm doing everything right. And he goes, all right, man. He's like, for the first three weeks, you're going to eat 6,800 calories a day. And it was like, and he, and he actually wrote out my meal plans to the gram. He told me everything to eat. And I'm like, 6,800 calories. I'm like, that's a bunch, my dude, (laughs) you know, like, that's a lot of food, especially when it's healthy food. 6,800 calories a day is tough. And he's like, just trust me, just do it. And he's like, I want to do it for three weeks and we're not going to weigh you. And I just want to see what happens. And I was like, okay. And I remember the first, like the first like four days were miserable. I mean, they were, it was absolutely miserable. I was so full. Like I would go to lift and like, I couldn't deadlift because like, I felt like I was just going to throw up everywhere, you know? And I'd have, I remember having heartburn really bad when I slept. Um, and then like on day five, I mean, it was like, it, it, it was so strange. I remember I woke up on day five and I was hungry. And that was the first time I had felt hungry in months. 
I mean, like really hungry. And then from day five on through the end of that 21 day period, it was like, I couldn't eat enough food. And that's when I learned about like metabolic syndrome, like metabolic syndrome where your metabolism slows down and it down regulates, you know, and your body will work off the calories that you give it. It's just not going to work very efficiently. Um, and it might even store food away. Like if you're under eating enough, it'll just store the food away. It doesn't even use it for energy. And I think in that three week period, I lost like nine pounds eating that much food a day. Um, yeah. And so I'm like, okay, this guy knows what he's talking about, you know? And from then on, like, I never questioned anything. Yeah, I asked questions cause I wanted to learn, but like, I never questioned anything he told me to do. Um, and him and I worked together for almost two years and lost like a solid hundred pounds of body fat. Like, and we, I went and had a DEXA scan done when I first started with him. That was like one of the requirements that he had me do. And then I went and had one done when we decided to stop working together. Um, and I'd lost like a hundred pounds of just pure body fat. Um, and had gotten ridiculously strong. And, and really the reason I stopped working with him was, you know, he, we, I wasn't doing any competitions or anything like that. I had no aspirations of like being a bodybuilder or anything. And he was like, man, he's like, I'd love to have you as a client. He's like, obviously like, I like the business. He's like, but he's like, basically we're going to be doing these same three. Like he had me in these like three different phases of my program. He's like, we're just going to be doing these three things. Like, you know, they were like 12 week phases. He's like, you're just going to do that until you get to where you want to be. Like, and that's just, you know, he's like, so there's really no point in you paying me. He's like, because you know how to do it. And which I respected a lot. You know, I'm like, cause I, you know, it was, it was pretty costly, but it was worth it. And it's like for him just to be like, listen, man, like I'll gladly keep doing it, but you can do it on your own, you know? And, and that's the whole goal. Of, that's his whole goal. And, and I think a lot of nutrition coaches out there, that's their goal is let's work with somebody for a year or two years. And then by then you should be able to do it on your own, you know? Um, if, and so stopped working with him and we still keep in touch, at, you know, and chit chat and stuff on social media and everything. Um, and the tail end of him working together, that's when I, I kind of started paying attention to like strongman. That really interested me. Of course, I remember watching it back when I was a kid, you know, um, Mario, Marius Pujanowski and, you know, Bill, Ka Bill Kazmaier and all those like old school guys. Like I remember watching that stuff on TV and it was just awesome, you know, especially for me, like we didn't have cable. So like if I was at my grandparents and World Strongest Man was on, like that was like Christmas, you know. And so really started getting into that. And of course with, you know, this, this is when like YouTube was really blowing up and, you know, social media was starting to pick up. So like all this stuff was available to watch whenever you wanted, you know, and started getting interested in strongman. And I had mentioned it to a couple of friends and one of my friends, she signed up for a strongman competition here locally in Kansas city. And she's like, you should do this with me. I was like, oh, I don't know. Like, I'm not that strong, you know, and I didn't feel like I was that strong, I guess. And she's like, no, like you need to do it. And I'm like, okay, fine. So I signed up for my first strongman. It was July of 2018. So that would have been, I was, I, I just turned 29. 
I think. Like it was a week after my 29th birthday, I think. I'm trying to do math in my head. It's kind of tough right now. I think, yeah, it was like a week after my 29th birthday. Signed up for it. Um, and it, I signed up for the novice division, the United States Strongman um, novice division. So there's no weight classes. You just, the rules are like, you can't do more than three competitions as a novice. You know, then they make you sign up like in your weight division. So, you know, it was 13 guys and some of them were 180 pounds. And then there was like me who, you know, at the time I was like, I think I was like 365 is how much I weighed. 360, 365, somewhere in there. Um, and it was a blast. Like, I think anybody who does has been lifting weights for at least a couple, you know, a year or two, try it. Like, it's super fun. Um, and had a great time. I learned a lot. And it really made me understand, like, just how strong I had gotten on my own, you know, and kind of where my potential was going. Um, and so I got seventh out of 13, which I wasn't real upset about with that. Um, cause like the movements, it was a pretty basic competition. There was like an axle bar clean and press, which does take some technique to do. And I didn't really have any way to practice for it. So I just kind of had to figure it out that day. Um, there was a deadlift event, which deadlift is like my best lift. I'm just my arms are the way my body's built. I'm just built to deadlift pretty well. Um, and I enjoyed a lot. Like it was a lift that I put the most into because I was always the strongest at it. Um, especially like as a bigger guy, I felt like it was, it was the easiest lift for me to do as a bigger guy with a belly. Um, then there was a yoke carry on your back for time. And then there was like a sandbag relay event. So like it was pretty basic, but, uh, it was fun. And then, I decided after I did that one, I was like, okay, I got to do another one of these, you know? So I picked one that was like six months later, January of 19. And I convinced my brother to sign up for that one too. And so him and I were going to go do it together. And that one was almost the exact, it was basically the exact same competition. It was a deadlift, like max deadlift event, an axle uh, press overhead for reps, a frame carry, and then another sand, uh, sandbag to shoulder is what it, well, it was supposed to be sandbagged to a platform, but during the warmups, we destroyed the platforms because the sandbags were so heavy. <laughs> and so we made it as, they just decided on the fly to make it a sandbag to shoulder event. Um, and so like we went up there, just him and I drove up, um, nobody else, um, I guess hit my, our parents came up that night and his, his daughters came up that day to watch my nieces came up cause they, lo they love watching us. And, uh, we did that event. And I ended up getting first in that one. Um, and so like, I was super pumped and it was so funny. I remember we get done and like, of course you feel like death afterwards. You're just exhausted. And my niece, she was like, I don't know, four at the time she comes up and she's like, can you guys do that all again? And we're like, no, <laughs> not today. You know, we're, we're going home. <clears throat> yeah. And so, um, I won that event. And so uh, one of the rules is, is you either do three novice, you can do three novice composite competitions, and then you have to sign up for the, the weight divisions. Or if you place first, then they want you to sign up in your weight division, you know, no matter how many novice ones you've done. And, and if you place first, 
um, you qualify to go to nationals, which I was super pumped about. I'm like, oh man, I can go to the nationals, you know? But what I realized was, is at nationals, there's no novice. You have to go in your weight class. Well, at 300, and at the time I had gotten, cause like I had stopped worrying about dieting. So like in that competition, I was probably like 380 and maybe 375, 380, something like that. You know, that puts me as a super heavyweight and strongman. And so I started looking at the events for the nationals and <laughs> the, the first event was a log press, a log clean and press for reps and the weight was 325 pounds. And I was like, that's cool. I can't even do that once. <laughs> so, so I'm out. Um, and that was kind of when I realized like, okay, super heavyweight division strongman is probably not for me. Um, like I'm a strong guy, but I'm not that strong of a guy. So, um, I had started looking around uh, I'd been looking around for another gym because the gym I was training at, uh, I, I deadlifted 600 pounds for the first time, but that was like all the weight we could get on their barbells. Cause it was just like a, it wasn't a 24 hour fitness, but it was like a big box gym, like a 24 hour fitness kind of gym. It's like, they just didn't have the equipment for had really heavy powerlifting type stuff. They thin calibrated plates and everything. So I started looking around for another gym. And I found this little bitty, um, like, you know, garage style gym, um, that was called, it's called train athletic. It's in Olathe, Kansas. And they had like powerlifting platforms and like proper powerlifting bars and like the weights. And there was even like a little powerlifting team that was hanging out there and doing their thing. And so I joined there and that's when I met my most recent coach and like, Everyone that was on that's on this powerlifting team that I am a part of, um, called Fortress Athletics, and uh, met my current fiance now, um, and like started training and lifting there, and that's when I really got into powerlifting and decided to hire um, my coach. Her name's Liz Strain. I hired her and wanted her to teach me how to properly squat and bench and fix my deadlift a little bit, and so. We started working on that like last, it would, I guess it would have been like August of like July, August of like 2019. And uh, I was squatting one day and felt, heard through, I mean, it was loud and felt this very painful pop in my right hip. <laughs> and I mean, it, it hurt. Um, I was squatting like 308 and got it back in the rack and like couldn't figure out what was going on it hurt like in the moment and then like it went away and i'm like huh maybe like i thought my hip had dislocated a little bit or something walked around felt fine did some like body weight squats felt fine so i'm like eh, whatever i'm squat again so i picked the weight back up and like did like two reps and as soon as i was coming up with that second rep it popped but like this time when i got the weight off my back it didn't stop hurting. Like I actually like really couldn't move my leg at all. Um, and so a couple of the trainers at the gym, like helped me and ended up, it popped a second time and it hurt when it popped. But then as soon as it did it the second time, it went away. Well, come to find out that I had to have some like x-rays and stuff done, but 
my right hip socket is smaller than my left hip socket is what they told me. And so the uh, tendons on my muscle head and my quad were like coming out of the groove in my femur. <laughs> and that's what the popping noise was like a rubber band slapping against my bone, basically. And so anyways, that took us back to like square one. We spent like six, like we spent, I don't know, from like August until December, January ish um of like this year fixing my squat and which you know would just involved a lot of single leg exercises rehabbing my right hip uh, my right glute wasn't engaging all this different stuff so we rehabbed everything and kind of got me back to where i was started prepping for a powerlifting meet and that i was going to do in april and then covid19 happened and halfway through my prep my fiance and i we were doing our prep and um it, you know, everything shut down, everything got canceled. So we've just been kind of, you know, we finished our, we finished our meat prep and did like a test week just to complete it. But, um, after that, we got done with that and I just decided, I finally decided like, I'm ready to like diet again. Cause I'd always wanted to get down to like 320, 315, getting down to 300 pounds would be pretty cool because then I can say I've lost half my body weight. Um, but like that, it, that hadn't been my priority for the last like two years. And so, you know, middle of April and the beginning of May of this year, just, I don't know, one day I was just like, you know what, like, it's time to finish what I started, you know, and get down to a, a more reasonable weight, you know, that I can walk around and feel comfortable at. Um, so that's, that's where I'm at right now is, um, just kind of slowly, but surely chipping away at the pounds and you know, been sitting around 352 to like 354, depending on the day right now. Um, and want to get down to, I think I'm just going to go ahead and do it and just get down to 300. That way I can say that I weigh 300 pounds and I've lost 300 pounds. Like that just seems really fun. Um, but I'll probably compete as like a 308 weight class in powerlifting. I think I'll be much more competitive and then very, very healthy at that size. Um, but yeah. That's what qualifies me is I was, I was a big guy. That's still a big guy um, is what everybody says. You know, there's, there are, we have the gym that I'm at now. It's called strong barbell club in North Kansas city, Missouri. Um, you know, there's all time world record holders that train there. I mean, there's people that are, you know, you know, top 10 world, you know, world ranked powerlifters. You know, there's big, 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 large people. And it's like, I've lost, and I'm hoping to lose like more weight than these people like actually weigh, you know, and it's just, it's just wild to think about that, you know? Um, so yeah, it's, it's been a really fun journey. Um, you know, for the most part, you know, I did a lot of it on my own. Uh, I had a lot of help when I needed really specific help. Um, and I've had a great support system, you know, better support system than I could ever have dreamed of having throughout the whole process. And I'm hoping that, you know, here soon, maybe within the next year that I can start using what I've learned to maybe help other people, especially I would like to help people that were in like my specific situation, because, you know, there's tons of people that work with what I call like the average Joe, you know, and help them get fit and, you know, maybe become a power lifter, become a bodybuilder or whatever. But there's not a lot of people that I feel like that are really trying to market, like that are trying to help that 
morbidly obese crowd. You know, I feel like there's a lot of folks in America that were in my situation. And it's like, you know, when you're 450, 500 plus pounds, it's like, where do you start? You know, how do you even, it's like, how do you even begin to wrap your brain around that? And I just kind of threw myself into it, you know, full steam. Um, I don't necessarily know if that was the right way or not. It worked for me and I think it would work for other people. But, you know, I think um, that through my struggles, you know, in this journey that I've been on now since for almost seven years, um, I have a lot of information that I can help, you know, help other people. Um, but yeah, it's been, it's, it's been super fun. Well, and well, first I got to say, for someone who's never been on a podcast before, you do a fantastic job telling your story. Oh, awesome. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's funny because like we're, we're kind of like you're moving through everything and I'm like, okay, I was going to ask that, but he's talking about it. I, I was going to ask that. Okay. <laughs> and then I, I got to some points where I was like, okay, I'd like to stop him here and talk about this, but he's on a roll and yeah. moving forward. So in some ways I feel like we could say, you know, watch for Luke to, to make that next move and we could end the podcast here. But I do feel like there's some things to talk about. Um, oh, for sure. But I, but I, I think like you use the word wild and, and I, that's definitely true, man. Like it's so funny because I think sometimes people hear 600 pounds and I've had a couple guys lately on the show who have been up in that weight range. And the thing that I think is amazing is kind of where, what 600 pounds means to each person is so different. Like, I think everyone has this conception of 600 pounds from TLC's, you know, my 600 pound life. And they have this one picture of what that means. And clearly life at 600 pounds, you know, while it was about you kind of facing your mortality, you, you were still like, what was, I guess, like, let, let's go back to that for a little bit. Like, what was, what was your mobility and, and all of that like for you? What was life like at 600 pounds? Um, so like, I never tied my shoes. Uh, you know, pull on, pull on shoes all the way. Um, and, but you know, like we'd go paintball, me and my friends would go play paintball out in the woods for three or four hours and I'd have no problem. I mean, I wasn't the fastest guy out there, but I mean, I could do it or we'd go put, we'd go play basketball and I'd, you know, trundle my giant way, you know, my giant self up and down the court playing full court basketball for an hour, hour and a half. Um, again, like I definitely wasn't fast, but surprisingly enough and thankfully i mean you know every day i'm thankful like i didn't really have mobility issues i mean i was on my feet 40 hours a week at at a job and you know was when i wanted to be active i could be active you know um thankfully i made it through all that time i never had like no pre-diabetes i'm not type 2 diabetic uh, i do have high blood pressure but Honestly, like it's on both sides of my family for like four generations. So like, I'm pretty sure that was going to happen no matter what. Um, but yeah, like it, for a 600 pound guy, I, I mean, I could get around pretty easily. Right. You know, well, and that's, I had to. And I, I think one that speaks to, you know, going back to the beginning of your story, like growing up, you know, as a, as a farm kid, you know, as a, as a, as a country kid, like, you know, you had a lot of physical activity going. And then even knowing, you know, hearing about because I, I when you talked about prednisone, like I thought about, you know, I, I had another guest 
you know, who, who dealt with prednisone in his past and he was told it would either stunt your growth or it, it was going to make you get huge. You know, you're, it's going to take your body in one of two directions and he's six, five and was 500 pounds. Like, I think, you know, clearly for you then, like it affected your growth, but like your development in a lot of ways. And so it's, it's, it's funny because like, and I keep saying it's funny, but I, I think, and that was one of the things that stood out to me with, with kind of looking over your story when I dug more into your page, like you're not the 600 pound guy who's looking to weigh, you know, 190 pounds, like getting under, getting, getting under 200 pounds is something that, you know, you're not talking about, like, it's not something that that's really in the cards, but I, I think that comes from like looking at like the passions you've developed and how you took this journey and you know, strength being something that's important to you. And I think it's, it's, it really, it's a really neat perspective to be like, you're not freaking out because you're 350 pounds. Like it's more, you're making conscious decisions now that this is something you're, you're interested in putting in the work. Like, I think your perspective on it through your journey is, is really unique and something one, I think other people obviously can learn from, but I think also speaks to how you went through it. Like you didn't glom to one specific type of diet, you know, at different points, like, you know, you, you tried things, something worked, something didn't work, something worked, something didn't work, you know, and then you found you, that coach that really kind of took you into this, you know, almost like nutrition cycling, you know, with the different phases and you realized it, it you never reached a point where you were like, okay, this isn't working anymore. And that's why I'm stopping this. And I think that was a really great point you made about a coach saying, you know, you could keep paying me if you want, but I've given you all the information. You've done it now for two years. You know what to do. And and I think it also shows that, he, you know, he also saw in you the trust that you were you were ready to take it in the direction you wanted to take it. I think that's awesome, man. Yeah, I mean, my thought on like diet is like I've I've done a pretty much all the different diet. I mean, I've, I've done a keto diet for a while. I would say a modified keto diet. Like I, I could never get as like low of carbs as like, I know like a lot of people do, but for my, for my size and for like the amount of calories that I eat, you know, if I was eating 75 to like a hundred grams of carbs, like that's, that was pretty low for me. You know, when you were looking at, I was eating 4,000 plus calories a day. And I was only having 75 to a hundred grams of carbs. Like, so the thing about dieting diets is they all work because at the core of every diet plan is a caloric deficit. And that truly is what makes the difference. Like there are people, I mean, you, you see it on YouTube and on the internet all the time. Like there are people that lose weight eating McDonald's and their, their internal health is probably terrible you know, don't, don't take a cholesterol panel or anything like that. But from like a purely weight loss standpoint, it is all just calories in calories out. Um, and you know, the, I really enjoyed intermittent fasting because I, that just, I liked being, I, I kind of liked being on that strict of a schedule. You know, you can only eat during this time. The only reason it didn't work for me is that the amount of food that I would need to eat and then I, I liked to I liked to train inside of my eating window. So like instead of having eight hours to eat food, I had like four hours to eat 4,000 plus calories and it just was uncomfortable, you know? Right. Um, and then that's like, like food, I, that's like a that's like a food competition at that point for you. Yeah, basically, you know, and when I was working with my first coach, Devin, you know, we did a we there for a while we were doing things where. Um, every 14 days, 
basically every other Sunday is what it ended up being for me, I would have like a refeed day. And so my refeed days were like 11,000 calories. Now, the first time he told me this, I'm like, and he said, he, and he was like, there are no rules. Like it's 11,000 calories, go nuts, you know? Um, and I remember that first one, I'm like, oh yeah, it is going to be all pizza and chocolate milk and muffins. And oh, I mean, I was going to go nuts. And I got to about one o'clock in the afternoon and I had only eaten like 6,000 calories. And the thought of having to put anything else in my mouth made me want to vomit. Because like people don't, you don't understand what 11,000 calories of food is until you have to actually start trying to shovel it down. And it's, that's a task. I mean, it doesn't matter how you cut it. That's just a lot of food in one day. Um, but yeah, it's, you know, I've always told people that have asked for my advice, like find what works for you. You know, if, if you are a more of a savory, you know, salty type person, try the keto diet. It's probably going to work. You know, if you love meat and bacon and, you know, some little bit of vegetables, like that's probably the route to go. Um, for me, I have found that I get the best overall performance and results by having like doing like a macro based diet, um, that's pretty high in carbs, but it's because I'm burning them off, you know? Um, so like right now I'm eating about like 3,600 calories a day, um, every day. And then I have, I do have one really high calorie day. Um, and you know, it's like 395 grams of carbs to 450 grams of carbs, depending on where I'm at. Um, but it's, it's good stuff. It's potatoes, it's fruit, it's, you know, Ezekiel bread toast and like things like that. I, I try not to eat a lot of sugar. I'm not really a huge sweets person. Um, so I'd rather have like potatoes and rice and, you know, stuff like that. But yeah, it's, <clears throat> I always looked at it. Well, not all, I shouldn't say always, probably the last four years I've looked at it as almost like a science experiment. You know, I've basically just been doing like science experiments on myself and it's like, did this, what worked or what worked better, you know? And then just kind of, I've, I've started keeping track of more and more of that stuff. And I wish I had, I wish I had so much more from when I started, like, especially photos. Like I only have like two photos of myself at like 600 pounds. Um, and like, it's basically like a photo that I have that someone at my old job took. Uh, and then I have my graduation photo from college, which was maybe not even a picture of me at my biggest of 600 pounds. You know, I might've only been like 570 or whatever. I don't know, you know, but that's, that's one of the things that I have also told people is like, if you're going to start doing this, like bite the bullet, get uncomfortable, take the photos, hide them away, never look at them for like four years, because in four years times, like you're going to want to go back and look at that photo right. and have it to compare. Um, oh yeah. I mean, that's something I'm, I, I have too many before pictures. Um, yeah. a lot, of, a lot of people say, but it's funny yeah. because it's almost like people are like, it's amazing that you have these pictures. I don't know why you have these pictures, but it's amazing yeah. that you have these pictures. Yeah. Like people that it, have people that have that good a documentation. I'm like, bravo to you. Cause like, I couldn't, there's absolutely no way I could have had someone take a picture of me with my shirt off at 600 pounds. You couldn't have paid you. You couldn't have paid me money. 
Well, that's that's the good thing about phones with timers. Um, you know, cameras on, <laughs> on phones having timers. That's a good thing. Someone actually asked me that today yeah. uh, with one of my pictures. But I, I think you hit on something really important, and I and I think it is kind of like almost the core lesson that comes through. Like for someone who is, you know, th- sitting there, you know, and whether they're four hundred, five hundred, six hundred pounds, and they're thinking you know, I see someone else doing this diet, so I should do it. Or I see someone doing this, I should do it. Like, at the end of the day, like, it is simply going to come down to what tools and method is going to allow you to get into the caloric deficit that your body needs, you know, and, and, and then obviously, like, I think, like you said, like, there's nuance to it. Like, there's, you know, that concept of reverse dieting and not wanting to keep yourself so restricted for so long that your body starts to adapt. And next thing you know, your maintenance calories are, are so ridiculously low that you're eating like a bird for the rest of your life. Like there's so much, there's so much more to it, but don't wait until you know it all to get started. Like find something that sound, seems reasonable, like something you think you can do and get it started. And then, like you said, don't be afraid to continue that experiment and don't be afraid to adapt and find what you need next and find out what's really going to help and keep looking out for resources because it's, I think it's when someone locks themselves into, this is going to be the way I'm going to do it 100%. And then when that doesn't work the way they want it to work, it's like, well, the diet failed. So, you know, I might as well go back to the way I was before. Like, there's no, there's no real sense of responsibility built into that process. And to me, that's something that I think stands out from your story, man, is that along the way, you know, especially these past couple of years, like, it's really been about you taking the reins of what you were doing and, you know, finding the help you needed at different times that you needed the help, but really knowing that your head had to be in the game and it had to be something that you were focused on. And I I think especially a lot of us that go through these kind of extreme weight loss journeys hit a point where we look back, even look back on it. If we didn't, if we didn't know it at the time, we think, yeah, I was pretty selfish at that point, you know, but it, it goes back to like, I know for me, if I wasn't selfish when I was, I, I wouldn't have gotten where I got to. I wouldn't have saved my life. You know, I wouldn't have been able to see the possibility of a future. So I think you got to do what you got to do to get through it. Like you have to find what that's going to be. And because like I'm, I'm obviously ensconced in the keto world and, you know, I get I get the question all the time, like, how do I do keto? And I'm like, there's even in the ketogenic diet, there's five million variations like find find one you know do a little like take a day and do some reading and find the plan that seems like it stands out the best to you and whether that's switching to like just eating all you know completely whole foods or finding following some specific program or starting day one with programmed macros like whatever you need to do to, to feel comfortable to get started just get started and just start moving because the other thing that i think stands out like in your story is that this is a journey. Like it's not, you, you were never in a race to get to point, you know, from point X to point Y, you know, from the beginning to the end. Like I think having that perspective on the process is, is really important to this being something that it's not just something you're chasing now. It's something that you're just living every day. Yeah. And like, I've, I've told this to several people, like, you know, it, it took me 23 years to get to 600 pounds. So if it takes me seven or 10 years to get to the ideal weight, physique, strength, whatever, you know, if it takes me seven to 10 years to get to my goals, that's, that's nothing. 
you, you know, I mean, when you look on the other side of that coin, like it's like I spent my whole life getting to where I was, you know, so why not just do it right, you know, and, and go slow. Like now there are exceptions to that rule. Like some people need to lose weight yesterday, you know, and if that's the case that you're in, then find something and get, I mean, make it simple. Stop drinking pop, you know, only drink water for three months. I mean, stuff like that. Um, what I've learned is that the simplest little changes at the be, especially at the beginning for people who are, you know, 50% plus body fat, body composition, those simple little changes are going to make the world a difference. And I, you know, it doesn't, you don't need to have this grand plan. You don't need to have everything mapped out every day for the rest of your life. You know, just find something that you think you can do and give it a shot. And another thing that I've, you know, I tell people still, and I've told people before, it's like, at some point, whatever you do is going to stop working because your body's going to adapt to it. So don't get, you know, don't become defeated when that happens, expect it, be prepared for it and kind of know what your next move is going to be. You know, it's, it's almost like playing chess with yourself. You know, you have to be thinking ahead because eventually whatever you're doing is going to fail. I mean, it just will, unless you somehow manage to get it perfect the first time, but that's just not the world we live in. Uh, because there's always going to be outside influences. Like there's always going to be those temptations. Like you're going to fall off the wagon. You know, you're going to take two steps back and that's all okay. Um, the important thing is that you just keep going, you know, and you just, you just can't stop. And that was one thing that, you know, I've told people with me, it's like, once I showed myself that first month, once I knew that I could do it, I was too stubborn to like give up forever. You know, I took, you know, I took a year, almost two years off. And then one day it was just like, okay, I'm ready to do this again. And then, you know, everything from then on, I've, you know, I've made the decision to quit for six months or do this for a year or whatever. Like, but that's one thing that I remember is like, I knew from the time I was nine years old, that I needed to lose weight because everybody told me every time you went to the doctor, they told me, you know, it sometime at some point it was always brought up in conversation by either kids at school picking on me or whatever. Like I knew I was fat. Like that's, that was something I knew for the longest time. But until like I finally made the decision and something in my brain clicked on and was like, okay, we're going to go do this now. It, you know, everything else was just kind of, you know, trying to blow into the wind. It just, it was pointless. Um, but yeah, that's, you know, that's the thing for anybody listening. Like I would just, you know, definitely just reiterate, like you can do it. Like, you know, you can make little changes that are going to equal big results over a period of time, but you have to be patient with yourself um, and, you know, take responsibility for it. Like, you know, for me, like no one made me eat pizza every day in college. I did that hundred percent myself, you know, and do I, I don't necessarily regret it, but you know, do I wish I would have done something different? Absolutely. But I also don't look back on that time and like weep and cry about it. Like it is what it is. We just have to keep moving forward. Um, but yeah, find, find something that you can do and just start because it's going to be the best thing that anybody ever does for themselves.
I, I think that's an sure. awesome perspective. I think it's an awesome perspective, man. And I think, you know, in some ways, that's a nice kind of cap to talking about the journey that you came through, you know, with your weight and your perspective on it and kind of where it's going. And you, you already talked about kind of like where you're headed now is I think that's exciting. Like, one of the things I, you know, I, I do, I do not want to keep you here all day. But one of the things that I would just like to pick your brain on a little bit is to, you know, so especially knowing that you have that aspiration to help people. Um, so say someone is out there, you know, and they're, they're heavier and they also really are just thinking about getting into the, you know, thinking about powerlifting and thinking about that type of like strength activity. Like what is your biggest advice for someone who, who wants to transition into just getting into that kind of activity? Um, I mean, if they, you know, if, if they're someone who has never touched a barbell or, you know, used, used a barbell for exercise in the past, um, I would definitely say like, you know, YouTube is going to be a great resource. I mean, that's where I learned most of the basic stuff that I know about, you know, lifting the more advanced stuff I learned by in-person work with my coaches and various people, but like you know, get on YouTube and just look around for, you know, free 12 week trainers, like Google it, you know, free 12 week trainer and just, you know, go to your local gym, get a membership, planet fitness, wherever, you know, and just kind of start moving weight on the machines, um, you know, and stuff like that, because depending on where they're at and their level, you know, how heavy they are, their mobility and stuff, you know, actual powerlifting, squatting, benching, deadlifting, you might not be able to do it. I couldn't actually squat with a barbell on my back until I was like under, I was, I was like right at 400 pounds. Like I just did not have the capabilities to do it. Um, you know, for my legs to train my legs, I, you know, did leg presses and all the leg machines that my gym had and, um, you know, stair mills and stuff like that. But I couldn't squat with a barbell. Um, for whatever reason, I could always deadlift. Like I always had the mobility in my posterior chain, you know, my back, my hamstrings. I always had that mobility to deadlift. And I think that's why my deadlift is so much higher than the rest of my, like than my squat is. Um, but yeah, just, you know, start doing bodyweight squats. You know, if you can't do a, if you cannot do a freestanding bodyweight squat, just start doing like squats to a chair or squats to a box or something, you know, hang on to a, a railing, whatever you got. Um, there's tons of stuff on YouTube. Feel free to reach out to me on social media. You know, I'll help, you know, I can help guide you places. Um, that's the wonderful thing about the world we live in right now is that when it comes to like lifting and finding a way to be healthy at your level, there are an infinite number of resources out there. And I think you're right. No, go ahead. I didn't mean to cut you off. I was just saying, and I remember the first time I walked into a gym, you know, and it wasn't even like a hardcore gym, so to speak, like just a 24 hour fitness, whatever big box gym. Um, you know, I was afraid to talk to everyone. And then one day I remember, you know, I was over deadlifting and I only, had, I think I had like 365 on the barbell. I was doing it for some reps. Like I said, it was my, it was my best lift. And these two guys that I kind of, you know, was like, they were like my gym, like, I watched them and was like, man, I wish I was as strong as those guys. You know, one of those guys came over and was like, dude, your deadlift's crazy strong. Like, you know, what, like, what's your secret? And I'm like, me? No, not me. You know, no, don't, don't pay attention to me. You know, so like, it's like, 
don't be intimidated by the people at the gym because usually those guys that are over there, you know, broing out or being meatheads or whatever, like they're probably super nice guys and they would love to give you some like basic advice so that you don't hurt yourself uh, because they were where, you know, they were where people, you know, you're at, you're there at the beginning. Um, and it is intimidating. Like it can be scary, but like, don't be afraid to ask like, Hey man, like you got any advice or whatever? Like I'm just starting, like you just strike up a conversation and, and find some stuff out because like I've met some of the coolest people just randomly having conversations in the gym, you know? Um, but yeah, just get started, you know? And like I said, find somebody on social media that you aspire to and follow them or send them a message or watch YouTube videos or send me a message, you know, I'll, we can gladly get, someone will get you where you need to be. Well, I think that's great advice, man. I think it's a really good perspective. And speaking of, of reaching out to you, you know, we, we've been through a lot of your story tonight, but if people have questions or they want to follow along or even just see what's going on with what you're working on now, how do they find you? Uh, so I would say probably Instagram is going to be the easiest way to find me. Um, and I actually just changed my Instagram name a little while ago, so I have to go look it up. So <laughs> uh, you guys hit me up on Instagram. It's Luke.TheBigBoss.Ross, R-O-S-S friend of mine back in college started calling me the big boss and it just stuck. So yeah, look me up on Instagram and send me a message or whatever, ask me questions. And like I said, if, if I can't answer it, like I guarantee you, I can find someone that knows the answer to help you out. Well, that's awesome, man. And, and I honestly, I, now I think I might call this episode story time with the big boss because <laughs> one, that's, that's an awesome nickname, but two, I don't really feel like I had to say much tonight. Like, I, I want to thank you for making this pretty easy on me. Like, you were probably, you know, I, I it's, it's been good. You know, I, th I think I've learned a lot listening to you talk. So I, I know a lot of people awesome. out there are going to, are going to get a lot out of this as well. So I just really, you took a really deep dive into where you were and took us through and, and, and we could, you know, we could spend another 20 minutes talking about, you know, your mindset and things along those lines. But I, I feel like you explained it really well, like where your head was at when you were, you know, getting to 600 pounds and coming from that place. So I just want to say, I really appreciate your willingness to be so open and to share that with everyone. Yeah. I, I mean, I appreciate, you know, you giving me a voice to, to share my story with people because, you know, I've, you know, I've always felt like if I could help like one person, if I could help one person other than myself, then it, all of those like three hour gym sessions and throwing up from doing all that stuff, <laughs> you know, like it's all worth it, you know? And I know that there's somebody out there that is in almost my exact, you know, position and hopefully they hear this or someone is like, Hey man, I heard this guy talking on this podcast, like check this dude out. Like I hope that they find it somehow and it helps them get started because I remember, I remember what it was like looking at that mountain to climb. And then now that I'm almost to the top, you look back and you're like, eh, that wasn't so bad, mm. you know? And that's just all perspective. Um, getting started is the hardest part. And once you get, and once you get started, it's, there's no going back. For sure, man. It certainly is. And I have no doubts that that listening to to your story is going to, you know, inspire and also give people some some great ideas, you know, on directions and, and things to try. So I just, you know, think it's going to it's going to be great for them to hear it. And 
Luke, one of the things you may not be aware of is I end every episode with what I call the Fat Guy Five. It's five questions I ask every guest. And are you <laughs> ready? Are you ready to get them? Let's do this. Okay. So question number one, Luke, tell us, living or dead, who is your favorite fat guy? Chris Farley. Absolutely, I, Chris Farley. I, I feel like if I ever do awards for this podcast, there's going to have to be like a Chris Farley award because yeah. 90, 90% of the guests pick him. So My, it's, he's, okay, he's so right there. Right there, like I would say solidly tied with, solidly tied with Chris Farley would be John Belushi. Mm. I like that. Yeah. I like I like that man. For sure. There we go. Question number two, Luke. You were you were a six hundred pound guy, so I don't feel any shame when I say Luke, you were a fat guy. Yeah. What what is one lesson being a fat guy has taught you? Um, everyone's gonna be really jealous of your calf development when you do lose weight. Because fat guys have gigantic calves. There you go, man. I think that is definitely. I for some reason I I think I missed out on that lottery, but it's <laughs> it it's definitely that is definitely the folklore. That is definitely the yeah. fat guy folklore. I like it. I like it. Question number three, Luke. What is one piece of advice you would go back in time and give your past self? Ooh. Um. Probably what I would just tell myself to like listen to that inner voice because I think that inner voice was telling me that I needed to start this journey a hundred pounds before I did. And that would have just mm. made it so much easier. <laughs> oh, sure. That makes sense, man. Question number four, Luke. <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh, question number four. What is something about yourself, Luke, that you love? Um. I mean, honestly, like I really love like my determination, like even even before I started this, like I was always a very like strong willed and determined person. And like if I had my mindset on something like I'm not afraid to work for it um, and I have, you know, my family and the way that I was raised to think for that, like I've never been afraid to just put my head down and grind it out. You know, if that's what it had, if that's what it takes, like I'm going to put the work in no matter what. And I really do appreciate that about myself. I can't argue with that, man. Listening to your story tonight, I, th I think you've proven that, you know, time and time again. So that that's awesome. And question number five, Luke, last question. Tell us, what is one goal you have for the next year that is not health, fitness, or weight loss related? Hmm. Um, probably would be to find a hobby other than like health fitness related. Um, I've just recently kind of started getting into like woodworking and like, I'm getting ready to build some, I'm going to do some projects this weekend. Um, some just like little projects around the house here. So I just bought a house. Um, oh, wow. so I think that's going to be, that's going to kind of become like a hobby and a passion of mine. Well, I, I like it, man. I think that sounds awesome. And, and yeah. I'm sure Maybe maybe we'll see. Eventually, there will be another page that that sprouts from your 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 lifting page that that is for your woodworking. You know, to display your wares. I like it. <laughs> so, 
So, Luke, as we're wrapping up, I just really want to say a big thank you again, man. I, I appreciate your time tonight, and I appreciate everything uh, that you were yeah, willing to you. share with the with the audience. So, thank you, man. Yeah, I appreciate it. It was fun. Like I said, this is my first podcast I've ever done. Um, I'm kind of a talker. If you guys haven't figured that out by now, so like, I love I love being able to just communicate with people and like learn about people and share. You know, I don't think that uh, we talk to each other enough anymore. In you know, actually talk to each other enough. So I really enjoyed it. I appreciate you letting me come on. Definitely, man. I think you, you proved that you're a talker. I think you did <laughs> in the best way possible. So don't, <laughs> don't take that. Don't take that as a, as a put down at all. Like I, I think, oh, I know. I think you did a really great job tonight. So just a, a big thanks again to Luke. And if anyone out there it can get past trying to connect with this awesome dude and you do want to find me, you can, of course, find me on Instagram at Gourmet underscore goes underscore keto. You connect with me on Twitter at Gourmet Goes Keto. You can email the show at thefatguyforum at gmail.com. And one more reminder that if you are interested in finding out more about my coaching and the content that I'm producing, you know, on, on our some motivational content on the blog, go to theketoroad.com and check that out. And my friends, you just heard another amazing story take some energy from it and go out there and do something today to amaze yourself because you are the most amazing people I know. And then come on back to the Fat Guy Forum for the next episode.